With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Tonight, could music summon the undead? We'll tell you the story of a boy and his guitar. How much tragedy can one house hold? Were these natural occurrences or something else at work? What would you do if you were mistaken for a ghost? We'll share the story of one woman's misidentification and a dementia patient's imaginary friend turns out to be not so imaginary. Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hello. You were touched by a ghost today. Are it's you? It's going right to it. Uh, oh my gosh. I'm going right to it. Okay. You were. We're, we're working on our, our little, our short film. Yeah. That... That our EPPs are going to get to to view before everybody else in the world does, uh, many months before. Uh, but we're working on it today and uh, doing some interviews at the uh, the Aviation Museum. Yeah. And uh, do you want to you want to talk no, about? No, you seem to be doing fine. No, I, I just want to lead up to it. Um, I really wasn't going to share it. You weren't. No. But Why? Because it's seems hokey that it happened right when we're interviewing and talking about <laughs> ghosts but but these things happen to you though in haunted places they, they really do, do. I, mean, I know i know i swear to god it happened but i wasn't gonna say anything because it's not even believable that it happened i think it's very believable that it happened it just seems a little too on command so that's why i was well, not gonna well, talk about it you didn't say like um like come here ghost you know you know do something to me it was just very much we were having the conversation i i i think you're more self-conscious about this being not believable than the rest of the world i really do because i you you asked me a couple times today like do i believe you of course i believe you well but the thing is it was just it was just too i guess too perfect for lack of a better term because there we were talking about the ghost that's haunting that museum Mm -hmm. and somebody taps me on the shoulder and you're standing a good two and a half feet away with your arms crossed and you were looking at me Mm -hmm. like i was insane and the only other person in the room (laughs) is sitting five feet in front of me i was looking at you were insane i just i didn't know what you wanted no i was just i thought you were trying to get my attention like i wanted to ask the uh, the director something else and no. that's when I looked at you and I was and I looked at you because I thought you wanted to ask something and you didn't say anything so I didn't I was I I was kind of like do you want to say something sure go I mean no when I realized you were standing there with your arms crossed mm-hmm. the whole time and you didn't touch me I was just having a little moment there sure that's no, I all. understand well here's the thing the uh, another time and the thing is we're not out filming things all that often. No. I mean, it's it's fairly rare that we have a camera in our hand and we're doing an interview with someone. Um, but 
one of the other few times that we've had a camera in our hand and we're interviewing someone about ghosts, nonetheless, we were talking about wine and ghosts, Right. Um, was in the winery in Algoma, Wisconsin, and she was sharing with us the ghost story of that place, of right. Von Stiel, and then at that time, too, it happened. So, But I, I felt a little bit more validated and less... I felt more like you would believe me when we got back and when that happened, the camera went fuzzy and there was no usable, sure, usable at, anything at from that, that point in time. Actually, we used it because it was pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about it, but. But because that happened to me before sure. in that exact same situation, I thought I that see. makes it even less believable. I get you. And I'm like, this, this is not even, that's not even fair. That's, I. I think the amount of things that that guy was talking about that go on in that airport, there's a lot of stuff going on there. There's a lot of energy in there. So I'm not in the least bit surprised that this happened. I mean, plus, I do think that they're attracted to uh, coming to you and and making themselves known to you. I think there's something about you. I think, as Cisco would say, your light is brighter. Maybe so. Than mine. Um I feel like I've got a kick me sign on my back is what it is. <laughs> For ghosts. Yeah. Paranormal kick me sign. And maybe they could tell our intent was to go there and talk about them today. They're probably hearing us talking about them. Yeah. Because it was in the, the portion of the interview when we were talking about ghosts. What creeps me out the most, and I don't want to spoil, do any spoiler alert sure. thing, but we're talking about a ghost possibly of somebody that did some bad things to little kids mm-hmm. well one of the ghosts anyway one of the ghosts yeah. and uh specifically little girls and we're talking about that and who gets touched the only girl in the group you got touched by a ghost pedophile that's great that's just always been on he my did touch your list. shoulder right that was he touched my shoulder okay yeah 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 that's uh <laughs> i can't believe you just jumped right into that <laughs> hey we talk about ghosts here. So anyway, that was exciting. Uh, we we had some really, really interesting stories told to us today and uh, saw some interesting stuff. And we are going to be working on putting this together for you very, very soon. Our EPPs, like I said, going to have access to this uh, short film, uh, Spirits in the Air, before everybody else to benefit of being an EPP. Um, so uh, when we get closer to the official release, we'll, of course, let you know. Here at Real Ghost Stories Online, if you're not an EPP yet, please become one. Five bucks a month is all that is. You get uh, all these exclusive episodes that stay exclusive for you um, just by being an EPP. Um, and that's awesome in itself, like 52 extra episodes a year. And then you get uh, first access to all these other cool things like these videos and stuff that we're working on. So uh, lots of perks there and satisfaction knowing you're keeping this show alive. Without your support, we could not be doing all of this stuff. So there you go. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories online this evening and share your real ghost story with us. Should we go to a letter this evening? Sure. Logan writes in, Dear Tony and Jenny, I've been listening since just about the beginning, and I must say I love the show. I have quite a few stories, mostly involving my childhood home in Garner, North Carolina. The house is an old farmhouse from before the Civil War, and I've had many old residents stop by and co- co- uh, collab- collaborate. I was going to think of saying corroborate, but it says collaborate. Yeah. Okay. 
I was trying to say the wrong word and reading it incorrectly. I think either one would have worked. Anyway, and expand on the stories, he says. As for myself, I moved into the house with my family at the age of seven and immediately felt uncomfortable as if there were many people watching me at every moment. It was almost suffocating in its presence. But the story I want to tell you today takes a jump forward in time to when I was 14. At this time, I'd been living there long enough that fear, although readily present, was not the overriding emotion attached to the ghosts in my home at the time. Being a young kid and wanting to know more about what was going on in my home, I began with my friends to provoke and try to actually make something happen. At this time, we were experiencing strange phenomena on a daily basis, from shadow people to full apparitions to affecting electronic equipment and moving furniture. It was all pretty regularly happening to me, so the idea of provoking at this point wasn't as scary as it might have been due to the regularity of the events. Well, one day I was playing guitar in my room, which so happens to be one of the strongest sources of negative energy in the home, and I turned to see a young girl fully visible in the corner of my room. You see, the house, in my opinion, doesn't produce apparitions in a normal way. Mostly, they're like film placed over the reality that you're familiar with, like an image on a projector, and have this effect of making you feel crazy. The girl now standing in my room was more realistic than any other apparition or spirit I have ever seen before or since. She couldn't have been older than nine or so and had long black hair covering her face. She wore an off-white dress, almost discolored by time. I, although startled, continued to play as I stared at the apparition. Then she spoke. She told me how much she liked my music and how happy she was that I was there. I began feeling strange. And the closest explanation I have is that it felt as though from that point I went into a trance-like state. And when leaving it, things were kind of fuzzy in recollection. At first I was enthralled to have this insane encounter with what was either a full-body apparition like I had never seen or the downward spiral of my sanity. She came regularly, always in the same spot in my room, never showing her face. Over the next couple of weeks, it happened more and more, to the point that I became concerned that maybe I really was losing my mind. So I told my father what was happening. He told me he had been very sensitive when younger as well, and had seen many things and didn't want to talk about. He told me the only way to ever get them to leave you was to tell them you are not afraid and have no desire for their presence. Also to be strong and not welcome them back. The next time I saw the girl, I told her I did not want to see her again, and she wasn't welcome in my house. This is where I normally stop telling the story, as it makes me question myself because of its extremity. Is extremity a word? I, Not in that sense, but I get what he's saying. Okay. I kind of like it. I think we should make it a word. Okay. I'm going to start using it in sentences. I think it's strange looks. Upon telling her to leave, she, for the first time, stepped out of the space in the corner and began walking toward me on my bed. With each step, it was as if every bone in her body was breaking and distorting, as if it was the most excruciating pain. Her head began to split open down the middle as she screamed in pain, coming closer and closer to me. I was petrified in place, and all I could do was pull the covers over my head as she got close enough to reach me. At that point, everything stopped and she was gone. I jumped up and left my room and didn't sleep in there for some years by myself. 
I'd like to say this was the end of her, but that wouldn't be true. If you'd like, I can write in some more and tell you more of the other occurrences this house has held. I recently had to move in again while looking for work and spirits, although calm, still make their presence known, if only in the feeling of being watched or heaviness in the air. Take care and keep up the good work. I don't know that I'd be wanting to continue to play guitar if it brought the girl from the ring into my room. <laughs> it's kind of sad because at first she seemed like just this kind of nice girl who liked music. And at first I was like, why tell her to leave if she's just hanging out enjoying the music? Yeah, it could be an okay ghost. I think she was something else. Well, in her head split in half. Sure. Yeah, I think so. But beforehand, you you know, you don't really know. No. And, and that, that could be a, a good example there, too, where... Sometimes you don't know if it is good or bad. But he started to feel like he was kind of trance-like when she was around. Oh, yeah, that's true. So When they start to possess you. Yeah. <laughs> that's time to call it quits. Yeah. This I, bit of demon awareness. <laughs> has been brought to you by... <laughs> exactly. Ghost in a Jar. Ghost in a Jar. Now with free shipping. Uh, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can always write into the website at Real Ghost Stories Online, or if you'd like to uh, discuss a story that you've heard on the show and uh, give us your insight into it, your two cents, you can always do it on the uh, message board section up on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online dot com. Let's go to one of those calls. Hi. Hi, you guys. This is Elizabeth, the um, <clears throat> excuse me, the nurse on the Alzheimer's unit. Um, I did not get a transfer. I want to thank you guys. I just I finally heard um, my last my last uh, message that I sent you guys, and I'm almost kind of embarrassed because I, I found like a chicken. But um, like I said, I didn't get the transfer that I was looking for. Um, for some reason, they said I would have it, and then, I don't know, so, rumor is it's because nobody else will keep my shit. Um, so I haven't been listening to the podcast for a while. I actually, I stopped listening to anything paranormal after that night. I was just terrified, absolutely terrified. And I thought maybe listening to this was like encouraging it, or maybe it was, you know, tricking my mind, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking of paranormal or I'm listening, you know, to things about ghosts that maybe I'm, uh, you know, spooking myself out, whatever. Um, so I stopped listening to that, you know, and I stopped listening to the show and it was kind of, you know, I, I love the show. I really do. But, um, that didn't help. That didn't help at all. It doesn't matter if I'm listening to this show or podcast about, I don't know, unicorns and puppies. It doesn't matter. I'm still, you know, experiencing things. Um, but I'm not as scared. Um, I haven't had anything as serious as last time uh, as far as something calling my name happened. And it almost feels like it didn't happen if that makes sense. Like, my mind is, has tricked myself into believing, yeah, yeah, maybe that didn't happen. Um, but the occurrences and, and everything, it, they're still there. Um, they're, they're pretty frequent. Um, a lot of times I like to just keep going with my work because I do, I do have 
to take care of my residents. I do have to make sure that they're safe and well taken care of. Um, I've spoken to other nurses on different floors and I've talked about it and everybody there's, you know, there was a nurse that's been there like 20 years and she was like, Oh yeah, it's, it's so-and-so. And, and, uh, yeah, they, you know, it has to be this person because this person died. And then, you know, so everybody has an experience and everybody thinks it's somebody else. So I don't, I don't know how that works, but, um, so after that night, um, I had a couple days off. I, like I said, I thought I was getting a transfer. Then at the last minute they said, no, you can't have a transfer because you haven't been here six months or whatnot. And, uh, anyway, um, so <clears throat> when I came back, I just, I kind of just shut it out. Like I said, I didn't listen to anything paranormal. I was just like, no, I'm not doing anything like that. And for a couple of days, you know, everything was good. I thought, you know, okay, well, it must have been in my head. Uh, one day I was coming out of the elevator and there, you know, the elevator, it's got a sharp corner. So if somebody's walking down the hall, you could see their shadow. So I'm coming in uh, from the elevator, you know, walking down a unit to go into my unit and I see a shadow. And it's, it's no big deal because you would see something like that. You know, people are coming into work. It's fine. Um, as I turned the corner, I was fully expecting to see somebody there. And lo and behold, nothing was there. I mean, it stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, oh, no, here we go again. And I almost felt like, uh, you know, like, oh, man, it's still here. Like that, that, that just that that sinking feeling, like that heartbreak feeling, if you will. Um, but, but, well, maybe it's just the lighting, whatever. I recently didn't pass away. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say it's the resident because I don't believe that they're there. I just think that maybe it feeds off that energy that's released when someone's passed. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not an expert, obviously. Um, but I have evidence. <laughs> I'm going to email you guys. Thank you for, um, helping out. And it makes me feel good to know that there is some sort of outlet where I can vent this without being judged. Because trust me, when I tell like my family, they look at me like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some anyway uh thank you for everything and i will be listening well thank you elizabeth for calling and giving us that update we were wondering how things were going and we were hoping you were going to get that transfer but maybe not yet but i'd try again um and i can understand not listening to us thinking maybe that would help it was an easy thing to try um but i don't know that listening to us would in, you know increase any activity so in that theory you know not listening to us i don't think would decrease any activity well it pretty much is guaranteed if you stop listening to us you're going to be haunted um there's this we've made this silent <laughs> pact with ghosts and all sorts of entities out there and the agreement is uh, as long as you listen you should be good but if you stop listening it's the ghost mafia yeah pretty much uh all hell breaks loose you're the ghost father exactly the ghost father yep so there you go uh 
I think the term she's looking for is in denial. <laughs> no, I, I don't think she's in denial. You know, I think she's just trying to block out what's going on. Sure. Just so she can function in her daily duties. Yeah. And I don't fault her for that at all. No, I don't fault her at all for that. I mean, but I think that might be the term that she's going for of pretending these things aren't going on around her, just continuing on. That's kind of denial. I mean, she's aware, but she's acting as if she's not. Okay. You, know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I, and I'm not faulting her by any means. I, you would have to, to kind of stay sane. Sure, sure. So I, I totally get where she's coming from. But it's good to hear an update from you. Uh, I was wondering, too, what uh, whatever happened, you know, if... Uh, if you ended up just getting transferred or if all hell broke loose and it got worse and God only knows what. But uh, it's good to hear things are uh, are okay there, so to speak. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Or you can, of course, write in on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Be sure to press subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, if you're a new listener, that's how you get new episodes of the show every single day. And there's hundreds of them out there. So when you subscribe, you get those. Uh, you just press it on YouTube, on iTunes, on uh, Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio, whatever you're using. Just press subscribe. It helps us. It helps you. You have to search for us all the time. It's a wonderful thing. Valerie writes in, Hi, Tony and Jen. 27 years ago, when my husband and I were newly married and living in a duplex, a family friend offered to let us rent a home she owned in a rural area of the town we still happen to live in. Naturally, we jumped at the offer. Being newlyweds, we didn't own much, so moving didn't take much time. When we told my husband's father of the location, he was concerned because he used to go by that house during his work day and said it always gave him an uneasy feeling. That Halloween night in 1987, we invited over a couple we were friends with. We decided to have a seance and try to make contact with a friend who was recently killed in a car accident. We asked for a sign and immediately heard a loud thump in one of the back rooms. We instantly stopped the seance and checked the room. Nothing was moved. We put the incident behind us. Then nine days later, an event occurred that changed our beliefs forever. On November 9th, early in the morning, my husband got up to use the bathroom. In the doorway of the bathroom stood a young boy, about eight years old. Wondering how the young child got in, I heard my husband ask, What is your name? Who are you? No answer came. He just kept staring at my husband. So we turned the light on and the boy just disappeared. Well, this shook us up and we immediately contacted our landlord. She explained that her son, who committed suicide on the property, was the original builder of this home. She said the description of the ghost sounded like how her son looked around the age of eight. She also went on to tell us more history connected to the home. She said her other son used to have parties in the house. At one of those events, a young lady died of a drug overdose in the same room we heard the thump during our seance. Soon after, we hightailed it out of there. Our landlord, who was Catholic, had two local priests rent the home from her. They only stayed two weeks. During their daily home mass, they heard scratching noises at the front door. The priest didn't even ask for reimbursement for their unused rental time. We found out a few years after the priest left the property uh, that a young single mother who was renting this wicked house ended up hanging herself from the front yard basketball hoop. Her body was discovered by the mailman. To this day, my husband and I occasionally drive by the house out of curiosity, making sure we have the doors locked and the windows rolled up. 
My husband and I are now paranormal investigators. This experience has compelled us to find answers. We've captured EVPs. One in particular is amazing. Please let me know if you want us to send you a copy of the spectacular EVP that we captured. I'm up for hearing a spectacular EVP. Always. Me I, too. I need the spectacular ones because I'm not good at deciphering the unspectacular ones. Yeah. So if it's spectacular, send it our way. I know this experience we had may sound like something out of a horror film, but I can assure you that every detail is true. Thank you and take care. Forgot to include a few details regarding the story of the little boy in the doorway my husband encountered. The small boy did look like flesh and blood. He was solid looking, and my husband could see him well because he had a sort of illumination coming from behind him. Also, the landlord said that this house was struck by lightning twice. The second uh, strike resulted in a house fire that destroyed the living room and garage. Really enjoy your show. Keep up the great work. That's a lot to happen in one house. Mm -hmm. And not just to one particular family. You know, it seems like it's, it's plaguing whoever comes in the door. That's scary. I can deal with a haunted house or if there's like some sort of entity. It's another thing if it's like it's cursing every person who walks through the door. Yeah. You know, that's just very unsettling, especially. Oh, the per- what happened to the last time? Oh, they died? Oh, the one before that. Well, they died here, too. And the, the one previous to that. They're dead. Yeah. Okay. And it's all, like, really dark, you know. Suicide, hanging from the basketball hoop. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. That's... Could you imagine being the mailman? No. I mean, self-inflicted, yes. But what drove them to those things? things right you know that's that's the really disturbing part so no i can't imagine being the mailman i imagine mailmen see a lot of that shit think so um the ones that actually have to go to the houses the thing is so many a lot of them you know now that's like here it's like the end of a cul-de-sac and there's a box and he just throws shit in there and puts it in the wrong box then has to deal with i have to complain about him well we have the world's worst mailman yeah he threatened me once that was fun he came on our property into our backyard and threatened you yeah it was he was a genuinely kind individual (laughs) because i wasn't able i wasn't answering the door to sign because you were in the backyard i was in the backyard playing with our kids yeah, that was uh, that was uh, a dandy. And then when I called the postal service to say, um, yeah, I'm going to demand that you fire this man because uh, he seems rather uh, unstable. Uh, they still didn't fire him. Well, we'll talk to him about it. And they talked to him about it. They said that he wasn't allowed to come on our property anymore, which I thought was kind of a given. Um and he wasn't allowed to deliver uh, packages to our door. They had to have someone actually specially come out. And they did do that for a while. We have a new mail person, though. We do? Last few times I've seen the mail person, it's now a mail lady. Oh. And that might be why that they're not doing that anymore. Oh, and that also explains why the mail is correct. We're not missing things anymore. Yeah. What would happen to him? Yeah, I just remembered that that's... I've been seeing the same person on a regular basis now, so I think it is our new person. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Well, good. Anyhow, uh, I hope you didn't mind us discussing our male people. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online and share your real ghost story with us. Let's go to a uh, another caller here at 855-853-4802. Hi. Hey, Tony. 
Uh, just found you guys' show two days ago. I'm from North Carolina. I love it. Y'all do a great job. Um, I listen to it all day at work on my Bluetooth speaker. I'm going to become an EEP member soon. Uh, keep doing the good work. You guys are awesome. Uh, not a long story, but recently my girlfriend was at my house and she had lost her keys. And uh, Anyway, a little bit of background. <laughs> my dad has seen a figure walk down the hallway before. I've never had anything happen until this happened recently. My girlfriend lost her keys. We were kind of arguing about it. <clears throat> well, there's a remote stuck in the chair, the, the, the very back of the recliner, while we're looking around. I know it was in the back of the recliner, and she does too. There's no way it could fly out. All of a sudden, we're arguing, getting mad at each other, and this remote flies across the room and hits the hardwood floor about 15 feet away. Um, not too crazy of a story, but uh, definitely something unexplainable. Uh, my mom's weenie dog, uh, with the female, she sits on the couch and stares into the corner. Every few days, she'll sit there and growl, looking into the corner. Um, so along with that, with my dad seeing the figure in a gown walking down the hallway years ago, um, our house was built on a supposedly a, a Civil War mustering ground. Um, anyway, but I've never seen a remote fly out of a chair and across the room. So just wanted to share. You guys are awesome. Look forward to hearing more of you. Have a great day. I have no logical explanation for a remote coming out of a or back of a recliner and then sliding across the room on its own. The dog's playing with the Ouija board and you guys are at home. Weenie dog Ouija board time? Weenie dog Ouija. Okay. That's what's going on. Uh, no, it sounds like something... It almost, I'm almost wondering if it was trying to solve a problem there, if it was didn't like the arguing. Maybe it thought that's what they were looking for. Yeah, it's a ghost that likes positivity. It was like, here, here's your damn remote, and just flung it out there. I don't know. It'd been more fun if it flung the keys out. Yeah, I would have answered their question a little bit more, but yeah. But uh, creepy nonetheless, and the dog growling and barking at things in the corner. Yeah, it sounds like there's something going on there. I would say so. So, yeah, thank you for the call. Thank you for the story. I don't like weenie dogs all that much. Why? Do you like weenie dogs? They're good little dogs. Yeah, I. you know, the thing is, and I, the only reasons I have it is because I don't like them is because I have, like, two bad experiences with them where I just they and really the experiences were more so uh, bad ownership and really one was just bad ownership okay. the other one was just annoying as hell um, one was uh, when I was a kid I had a friend uh, named Taylor and his dad uh, it was his dog and the dog's name was Skippy and the dad looked like Hitler and kind of acted like him not, I'm not even kidding. I mean, he looked like Hitler. He had the uh, mentality and the essentially the mannerisms of the Fuhrer. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. It was so messed up. My mom hated me playing over at that house because the dad was just so freaking weird. <laughs> but anywho, um, so the dog was just kind of like nuts and somewhat out of control. I don't know if it's being abused or whatnot. I was a little kid. But it was just like an annoying as hell dog. Um, not a very well-maintained one. The other one, my aunt had, and they, they're they good pet owners, but it was kind of like a surrogate child for a while um, before they had kids. And that just got kind of annoying, where it was just like constantly talking about the dog as if it was a human being. Now, I get people who love pets. There's nothing wrong. I love pets, too. 
it's just it got like over the top. Okay. So those are my. <laughs> I'd say neither case is the dog's fault. No, and, it's not the dog's fault. And it it shouldn't taint your opinion of weenie weenie dogs because they're sweet little sure. dogs. Well, there I, I I have tainted opinions on people because of their names because of like children in elementary school that I didn't like. <laughs> I'm okay. like, oh, I had a friend in third grade who I didn't like who had that same name. <laughs> and I, I don't like really hold grudges out for that, but you know, you get impressions. Yeah, that's all it is. I know. So, but I've never really, I don't know, I've never had an interaction with a weenie dog that was all that positive. I guess not to say I couldn't have one someday. I'm open to it. We'll have a a weenie dog intervention someday where. Where we can get a bunch of weenie dogs together and me in a room and we can all discuss my feelings and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get past it. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. I'm glad we're able to discuss these things. Yep. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, let's go to a letter. It says, one day while I was eating lunch, a stranger sat down by me and she started to tell me a story. The young woman claimed that I looked familiar, and throughout our conversation, she kept on trying to place me. She told me about a young woman who died at the nearby river. That's a fun story just to tell to a stranger at lunch. I sat and I listened. She described the day that I almost died. Okay. As she was finishing up her tale, she started to look more closely at me, and then she told me that I was a ghost. Slightly confused, I informed her that I was very much alive. And she told me how she had gone with her friends at midnight on the anniversary of the day I almost died, and how a woman with my exact likeness appeared to them, dressed in white. Her face turned pale, and she ran away from me, leaving me very confused. This was the second time I heard of a ghost with my face. The first time was two boys who had run into me in the woods. They thanked me for leading them out of a snowstorm a month earlier and were wondering how I wasn't cold wearing only a green dress with short sleeves. They also were puzzled how I managed to disappear the moment they had arrived home. I informed them that there was no way I could have been in the woods that night, and that day was the first hiking trip I had been on since I injured my shin. Slightly confused, I wished the children well and continued my hike. Eventually, I found out something really strange about two women who had my exact first name, middle, last, and one of the women had been born on the same day I had been about a century ago. Both had died at age 17, the same age I almost died, and both by a river under questionable circumstances. I still hear sightings of my ghosts, and sometimes they even appear in dreams of people I know. Love the show. That's my story. Okay. So, I don't know what I think about that story. Past lives? Maybe. I just think it's interesting because we hear, you know, ghosts that are mistaken as live people, Mm -hmm. but not live people mistaken as ghosts very often. With those weird coincidences with the name and the birth date and the age and what they're seeing, I'd almost say she's on her third life. You think so? And maybe these other... Maybe they are seeing her. They're seeing a previous version of her the first two times she tried to make it, and this time she got past 17 and broke whatever the hell was going on. I don't know. I don't know. I think it depends on what the name is, because 
if it's something pretty common like Jane Doe, Anna Elizabeth Smith, or something, sure, you know, it, that's one thing. But if it's really unusual, yeah, that would be different. Yeah, I think to me. Unfortunately, I mean, it was written by anonymous, and that's a pretty unusual name. It is. <laughs> what if you named your kid anonymous? I think they'd probably call you and tell you you can't name your kid that. Does anyone, do they ever do that? Do they yeah, ever say, they do. Because there's people really? that try and name their kids horrible things. They're like, you're going to ruin your kid's life. We're not going to issue a birth certificate with that name on it. They need to do more of that around here then. Yeah, they do. Because there's some horrible names for children out there. I, I, I volunteered uh, several years back in Radio World um, where we, we do this thing every year and you, uh, you donate gifts for kids. It's, you know, your typical Christmas gift drive. And uh, the it's usually underprivileged children, and it's it's you know, kids that are not in the best of circumstances because it's kids that um, the police had to visit their home during the year for one reason or another. Um, anyway, they get the kids' first names and they put them out all around the radio station, and it's a great cause. I mean, it's it's then people adopt these kids and they uh, get uh, gifts for them, so it's a really it's a nice thing. But you, we had to see the names of all these kids. And oh my god. It wasn't just like names you couldn't pronounce. It was just like bizarre shit. Okay. It's like what are you why are you naming your kid after Jello products? There was one name, one thing. Orange Jello, yellow and believe I probably pronounced or Orangelo. Orangelo. And then there was I don't even know how to pronounce the other ones cuz it was like yellow Jello. Um or was it Lamangelo? There was that one too, but there was a yellow one. There was three kids. Maybe that's what the mom craved when she was pregnant. Don't name your kids after colors of Jello. Harper would be mac and cheese. <laughs> mac and cheese? She would. She probably would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mac and cheese. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if they anyone would question. Anonymous would be a blessing for some of these children. Yeah. If they could have that name. Uh, but, yeah. Anyhow. Speaking of uh, any, uh, yeah, uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to another caller. Hi. Hey, guys. My name is Patrick. I'm calling from Philadelphia. I just want to say I love the podcast. I only started listening to it a couple of days ago. I've probably listened to about 10 episodes now, um, and I, I just love it. I've always been fascinated with uh, the paranormal. I love thinking about it. Uh, I am not one to always readily accept um, certain events as being a paranormal activity. I always like to think about logical explanations um, before I, I chalk it up to paranormal activity. I, I have a story that I want to share with you guys um, because to this day I can't really explain um, what I experienced. Um, so currently I'm a physician. Out. I worked in the emergency room um, in Philadelphia, but I went to medical school in Kansas City, Missouri. And my first year of medical school, I lived in an apartment building that was actually our medical school's old hospital back in the 70s and the 80s. I believe it was converted in the mid-90s to um, uh, this apartment building. Uh, you know, the units were nice. It was a very modern renovation, but the feelings of an old hospital were still at present. You know, with its large awnings, its long fluorescent lit hallways, um, and its just overall austere appearance. Um, you know, and during medical school, I I helped kind of weird hours. I was always a night owl. 
I would always study at night, so I would always find myself awake at midnight, uh, you know, one, two, three o'clock in the morning. Um, and one of my rituals was that when I was done studying, I would always climb up in the stairwell um, to the very top and play my guitar. I love the acoustics. There were large windows that overlooked downtown Kansas City. It was beautiful. Um, and at the very top, there were very heavy mesh metal doors that led out to the old helipad. Um, access to the roof was strictly off limits. Each door was closed, kept locked by a heavy, heavy metallic lock, um, metal lock, uh, magnetic lock, I believe. And, uh, you know, to my knowledge, nobody has ever been up there, stepped foot on the helipad. Um, until one night, I was studying at probably about 2 o'clock in the morning. I was actually done studying and figured I'd end the night off with a little guitar playing up at the top. It was a beautiful night. Can't see. It looks great. And, uh, you know, I got up there. Nothing was out of the ordinary. And uh, I sat down on top of the stairs, um, and I just started playing my guitar. And at a, about 10 minutes into my guitar playing, I felt a very distinctive uh, kind of swipe squeezing a swipe on my on my right shoulder, kind of uh, like what people do to kind of get your attention, to kind of you know, squeeze or swipe your shoulder. Um, and when I felt that, I, I instantly stopped what I was doing, and I was frozen, I was paralyzed. Uh, I was the only one out there. There was no open windows, nothing. Um, and I felt it again. Very distinctive, harder, more filled with more intent, you know. Um, and after the second time, I felt compelled to turn around um, to kind of see what was behind me. I, you know, I could see my reflection in the window, and I could tell already that nothing was behind me. But I turned around anyways, and what I saw was the door to the to the helipad wide open, um, wide open. I had not heard anything mechanical. I had not heard anything that would have remotely resembled a door opening. And mind you, these were locked by multiple, multiple locks. Um, and to open it without any sort of noise is probably utterly impossible. So I, um, obviously was very, very terrified at that time. And um, I was able to pull my phone out of my pocket and call one of my friends who I knew would be up. Uh, his name was Dan. Uh, and he, he ran up in a heartbeat and met me up there. And we both just stood at the door uh, and out at the old helipad uh, and just kind of bustered up the courage to go out there. Uh, we stepped out, we put some large cinder blocks in the door jamb just to make sure that it wasn't going to close, and we just kind of walked around. Um, you know, it was a cool night with a cool breeze. Nothing was too unusual up there. Um, however, there was this kind of uh, tower room, I guess, um, in the middle of the roof, probably about 15 feet high with a ladder going up the side. And on the top, there was a hatch that was 
wide open with a very bright light coming out of it. Um, naturally, we decided to climb the ladder and go up and kind of army crawl our way to the opening of the hatch and peek in. And what I saw was one of the most bizarre things I had ever seen, and it still kind of creeps me out to this day to just think about it. But what we saw was this small room, very brightly lit, covered from wall to wall, even on the floor, with what looked like newspaper. Um, it was really weird. Uh, we only got about five seconds of looking at the room um, when we heard rustling and shuffling about. At that time, we we hightailed it out of there, ran down, ran back outside, kicked the cinder blocks out of the way, and shut the door, and we just went our separate ways, both absolutely terrified and confused as to what we saw. Um, the next day, I, I told my roommate the story of what had happened, what we saw in confidence. You know, I didn't want the story getting around. Um, one, I didn't want people to think I was crazy, and two, I didn't want to get down to, to the apartment management um, to possibly me get in trouble for essentially trespassing. Um, but lo and behold, uh, you know, she was a bit of a gossiper and it did manage to get to the front desk. Um, and instead of the manager uh, getting mad at me and pulling me aside, she actually wanted to talk about what had happened a little bit, was a little more curious as to what I experienced. Um, so I told her the story, and uh, she was kind of nodding her head the entire time that I had been telling her story, like she kind of was expecting something like this. And what she told me uh, later would just completely creep me out. Uh, she said that um, that tower, that little room that we saw on top of the roof, used to be the room that the hospital janitorial staff would stay in. Um, there's only one elevator, central service elevator, that goes straight to the top, straight to that room, and um, this conversion to a residence has never been used. Um, but she was telling me how when it was converted from a hospital over to a residence, that when they first opened up that service elevator, there were boxes of unfilled janitorial orders. And when they had removed those during the construction period, that service elevator went haywire. It would run day and night, stopping at random floors. Nobody was ever in the elevator um, operating the button. Um, and so, and she said ever since it's been converted, nobody has ever been up to that to that room, there's no way that anybody should ever be up there. Um, so, I don't know if what me and my friend Dan saw or experienced were remnants of the old janitorial staff, but it was a very bizarre and very frightening experience. Um, so that's my story, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Take care, guys. I, I love what you're doing. Well, thank you for the call. I think if a door like that opens and you don't hear anything, that that kind of qualifies, you know, because those mm -hmm. doors are going to make noise. We've all heard the metal door when you push it open. It opens the question up of can these things, whatever they are, 
shield sounds from people because the door itself, you know, is not paranormal. A door opening is not paranormal. You no. Know? It, it's, it's whatever it is that's opening it is that is the paranormal. So the door by default should be making a noise of some sort. Yeah. No matter what it is, it's opening it. And I, th- it- I think the absence of sound is a paranormal. Yeah, I mean, you almost a lot of times that that's what you hear of, like this happened or that happened, and it's like physical objects being manipulated. But I never heard them. I'm wondering if sometimes whatever energy it is that's moving these things around is literally sucking the energy waves out of the atmosphere as it's doing whatever it's doing, and that's why people are not hearing. Because there's no explanation for, right. for the sound to go away. No, I I think they can just choose who hears what. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the, what do you make of the newspaper and I don't know all that. I was waiting for him to say there was like some sort of weird ritualistic thing going on in the uh, whatever room that was. Yeah, because that's kind of where I thought it was going, but it, it didn't really. But. I don't know. That it'd be interesting to to know if it was newspaper or if it was some sort of weird ritualistic thing and like it was just like somebody's writing, you know, really tiny, but there's that much of it. And you think newspaper and all of a sudden you look down and go, Oh my god, this is handwritten. Yeah. You know, for whatever it may I don't know. Creepy. Thank you for the call. Yes, we really do appreciate it. And thank you for being a new listener. We uh, welcome you to our uh, bizarre little world here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, let's go to another letter. Amanda writes in, hello, Tony and Jenny. I recently found your podcast on YouTube and have been listening to it for the past two days. Solid. It's a great show. I'm so thankful to hear others who have stories similar to mine. It helps me not feel alone. The show really does feel like therapy for the paranormally affected. Uh, that being said, I have a couple reasons for writing today. I have stories I would like to share and a theory I have come up with and would like your thoughts on. First, uh, first off, uh, all of you had a couple nurses call in uh, recently uh, who've had experiences in nursing homes and in hospice homes. I also work in a rehab nursing dementia home in a small town in Michigan, and we all seem to have the same kind of paranormal experience. My first experience happened on a chaotic night working our front hall. We had an unexpected death of a much-loved resident. We were all pretty shaken up, but it only got worse after dinner when the call light in the resident's empty room got turned on. Our rational minds figured the call light had fallen off the clip or another resident had wandered in and pressed the little red button. But when we went to turn off the call light, there was no one in the room and the call light button that had been clipped to the cord was now clipped to the bed where the bed sheets should have been if it were made. Okay, that was weird and we were a little shaken by it, but we thought a resident may have still wandered in, moved the light and pressed the button. So my whole partner and I decided to clip the call light back on the cord and close the door to the room to discourage others from entering. But an hour later, we were again hurrying to answer the call light in a room we knew no longer had a resident in it. We arrived to find the door still closed, but the call light had again been moved to the bed. We inspected the room and it was empty. We checked all of the other residents. Most of them were in bed and those who weren't knew they shouldn't go into another resident's room bewildered and now kind of scared we asked out nurses uh, what we should do 
Their answer was to keep turning it off when it came on. Needless to say, my whole partner and I weren't too keen on that. So when the light went off again about an hour before I was supposed to leave, she and I went into the room, turned off the call light, and just sat there for a few minutes before my whole partner said, Residents, I'm sorry, we're going to miss you, but you passed away and turning on the call light is scaring us. I added, we love you, but it's time for you to move on from here and go be with God like we talked about. The light didn't turn on until the room had a new resident. The second experience I had involves a window alarm that kept going off and we couldn't find the source. We thought our alarm system was malfunctioning. This is not only annoying, but dangerous. After an hour of searching for an open window, we finally got the alarm to stop blaring, but we never found an open window. About 45 minutes later, it was going off again. We again checked the windows to find nothing open. We got the alarm shut down much faster this time, but we had to call maintenance. This could not keep happening. The maintenance guy came in and immediately the window alarm started to go off again. Mind you, the floor I was working on this night had a few residents who are self-mobile, and those that are were all in sight in all three times the alarm went off. The maintenance guy was able to read the code and tell us what window was supposedly opened. When the aide went down to inspect the window in said room, it was in fact open. We had checked that window several times in the past and it had never been opened, and nobody in that room was physically capable of opening it. We were confused, but by this point in my career, this kind of thing no longer scared me. We do have one story in our facility that does still scare me, and it's the story that actually leads me to my theory that I wanted to share with you. We had one resident who had an imaginary friend. This person wasn't much of a friend, though, as the resident often told us how he uh, would curse and swear at him. Apparently, he would also talk of hurting the nurses and aides who worked with the resident, which always caused the workers to feel a little threatened, even as they tried to laugh it off. A few people asked for descriptions... And we were able to find out not only a name of this friend, but an understanding of what he looked like. He was described as black-skinned and very tall. His name was also something straight out of a horror novel, which of course freaked some of the workers out. Eventually, as all people eventually do, this resident passed, and we all figured our days of dealing with this imaginary friend were done. We were wrong. Less than a day after the first resident's passing... Another resident began complaining of the black-skinned man under their bed threatening them. His skin is black as night and has red eyes, and he keeps saying he's going to hurt me. With their description, one of the girls mustered the courage to ask if the resident knew his name. They answered with the same name straight out of a horror novel. We passed most of the days pretending this never happened and only talking about it in hushed conversations in the break room. Now, the reason I bring up this last story is because one of your shows, you had a caller who lived in what used to be a nursing home who had some trouble with a nasty entity. And it got me thinking, people often associate ghosts to nursing homes because of a lot of people uh, do spend their final days in there. But what many people are unaware of is how much depression and sadness there is in a building like that. The decline of dementia is often accompanied by aggression, anger, and depression. As people start to find things they should know have just disappeared from their memory, not to mention people who are not demented being frustrated over the loss of their general function and ability. Also, the nursing field, and specifically those who work with the elderly, are 
uh, and demented have a 13% higher chance of exhibiting symptoms of depression, and roughly 46% of all nursing home employees have at some point reported feeling depressed. Knowing our story, and your caller story, as well as this information, I started to wonder if, with all the negative energy, that could actually attract, uh, that could actually attract a negative entity? Anyway, that's all I have for now. Thank you for the awesome show. I hope you can keep it going for years to come. Thanks, Amanda. I think that's possible. I think she's spot on. Yeah, I, that's, I think, kind of a general um, understanding, if you will, the more that we talk about this stuff, that negative seems to attract negative. Mm-hmm. You know, in sadness, whether it be um, you know brought on by a situation uh, or, or however it's brought on, uh, dark things do tend to come to those who are depressed, if you will. Sure. Um, and uh, I mean, that sounds horrible, but um, but in a lot of cases, that seems to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's sometimes not always the cart before the horse. Sometimes it's the horse before the cart. It's hard to determine which came first. But it seems that the two seem to go hand in hand a lot of times. And I'm glad she brought that up because I think a lot of people, unless they've gone through that process with a loved one of having somebody in assisted care or dealing with dementia and everything like that, you know, they, I think, probably have a little bit skewed perception of what life in a nursing home is like. Mm -hmm. You know, like happy elderly people that get pudding and play, you know, board games all day long. It's not all pudding poltergeist. It's not. And so I think, you know, to be aware that there is that much negative energy, I think is good because that way she can help fight that off when she's starting to feel those feelings come on. But I think it's a very good point that she brought up. Yeah, I completely agree. Thank you for uh, for writing in and sharing your uh, couple of stories with us. Those were uh, very, very intriguing. If you have a real ghost story, you can call in and share it with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 855-853-4802. You can always write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Just click on the uh, Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. And hey, if you're not one yet, please become an EPP. Help support the show. Without your support, we can't keep doing the show. That's pretty much the reality of the situation so please consider becoming an EPP five bucks a month or 60 bucks a year whatever option suits you best you get a bonus episode emailed directly to you every single week as a thank you uh, from us here at Real Ghost Stories Online and you get uh, first dibs and first views on some of these upcoming projects you're working on like that Spirits in the Air uh, that's going to be really cool when that's all done and uh, EPPs are going to see that months before everybody else so uh, please become one and get in all the good stuff and help keep our show alive so until next time for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.